Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to Ealing Road Buzz, our weekly Brentford podcast. My name's Robert Warlow, I'm joined here by our Brentford writer Tom Moore. Hello. And uh, we'll review Brentford's latest draw, uh, a 0-0 home, home match with Barnsley. Tom, you were there, what did you uh, make of the performance? Well, I was there, I, was there. Um, I decided to uh, sort of go undercover in a way, I sort of uh, went, went behind the goal with the uh, fans rather than uh, sitting in the press box and the uh, it was a, an interesting to get a bit of a different perspective of it as well. To uh, obviously behind the goal, you can't see as much as what what's happening at the Brook Road end. And sort of when you look back on the highlights as well, is the vibe I had was Barnsley came for a point and got it. Brentford were unable to really create any proper clear cut chances. They created a few half chances, and on another day would have won that too. 2-3-0, I think, if they'd got an early goal, is uh, that would have forced Barnsley to have to uh, come and attack, and uh, that clearly would have been a, a different game. But uh, overall, it's another point, I think. Uh, ha- you almost have to look at the season now and just go, well, the likelihood is is there's uh, just going to be uh, pride to be uh, played for come uh, April and May at, the, at this race, unless they can uh, string together a run of seven, eight wins on the spin. I guess the problem has been turning these draws into wins, though. It's 10 draws for the season. Is that, do you think that's been the downfall? I think it has, really. I think um, that and the amount of points uh, dropped from winning positions. I know uh, I know. Dean Smith doesn't enjoy me. Uh, when I enjoy it when I start revealing the stat that it's 21 points dropped from winning positions. But halfway through the season, that is a massive, massive amount. Mm. Is Even if they dropped half the points they'd be in the playoff mix so clearly it's the inability to turn draws into wins and having been winning games to not hold on to those victories as well that that's the issue that that has hit Brentford this year if they can correct that in the second half of the season they could potentially go on a, a run but um, you you just can't see it I think is uh, obviously with the Christmas period coming up it's a uh, it's a big it's a big couple of weeks really for the club in that in that regard. Do you feel it was a bit of a missed opportunity though on, on Saturday? I mean Barnsley didn't come into the game in great form and you know at home against Barnsley, Brentford would have been the favourites. I think um you look at a side like Barnsley and you, you do feel that Brentford on their day should beat them. However, in the last three times they've met, they uh, Barnsley have uh, picked up five points. Uh, Brentford have just picked up two, so and only scored once in those three games. So uh, clearly, Barnsley know how to stop Brentford. They did that last year at Griffin Park. 
It was a draw up at Oakwell, although Brentford did, did miss a penalty, as seems to be customary with them as well. You would have felt that Brentford should have beaten Barnsley, but um, you've still got to respect them because they've uh, clearly done well against the club in the past. But where Brentford are now, I mean, you say that potentially they might just have pride to play for, I suppose, if this run of not turning draws into victories continues, then you'll probably be proved right. But do you think that you know, the club are still ambitious, still thinking they can push towards those playoffs? I think um, I think they feel if everything clicks, they could. But um, my, the way I always see the way the club would work is if they were within a few points of playoffs or promotion, then they would invest in January. I can't see them spending mega bucks in, in January, for instance. I, I could just see them... If a couple of players go, they might bring a couple in, but I can't see them, say, going for it in January. I believe, from my understanding, that uh, the way Matthew Benham sees it is, if he feels that side's got a great chance of promotion, he would go for it on that financial setup in in January. And clearly, with the likes of financial fair play, I know full well that, given the sales in the summer, that Brentford are well inside the regulations is they do technically have money to spend but if you can't get the right value then that and you don't feel that making that signing would all of a sudden catapult you into the playoff mix then you can possibly wait until the summer maybe pick up players on on let on a bit less money i mean i know that um it was my understanding that they'd uh made a, an offer in January for Ollie Watkins and they were quoted pretty much double what they were offering at that point. So clearly they, because Exeter didn't want him to go in January, as they might have said, they might have ended up saving money by waiting until until the end of the window. But I don't think it's uh, anything relegation-wise. I think Burnford are far too good to go down. I think they've proven that over the course of uh, the first half of the season, that they are one of the better sides in the championship and it is just turning draws into wins, a bit of inconsistency in both boxes that has uh, left them where they are. On the flip side to that though, I mean, you talk about possibly players coming, you know, it might not be a big investment in January. I guess it would be looking perhaps at players from the lower leagues or, you know, other championship sides, but if they do recruit? I think if they recruit, it would be um, young young players with potential. I think that there's obviously been rumours that uh, Silly Kai Kai could be uh, returning to Griffin Park. To me, I don't think he's necessarily a position that Brentford needs. I think the real position Brentford needs to look at in January is uh, is poss- probably a left back on loan, given the injury to Rico Henry. I mean, if Josh Clark's out for any length of time, it, it's pretty much Brentford are devoid of all fullbacks. So, is they need to almost look at that point, just maybe as a short-term fix to provide something there. But it, it would have to be a right, the right move for the club. And it would, I think with someone like Sadi Kaikai, is I could only see him coming in if uh, Lassa Vibe, for instance, was to leave the club in January, because then they could move Ollie Watkins from the wing hmm. to more into central and then Kai Kai can come in and uh, operate on the wings as well but if there was no one to leave that I don't necessarily see 
whether where Kai Kai can come in and improve the side in that regard. I, I know he's a good player. He was excellent against Cardiff 12 months ago on Boxing Day. So we, we, we do know how good a player he is. But is he going to be one that would make a big impact? But if the club expect Lasavive to go and see Ollie Watkins as the uh, centre forward, that could actually be a sensible move in that regard as well. Do you see any any players potentially leaving? I mean, we said that you know, the position Brentford are in, it would take a, a big push now to get to the playoffs, perhaps. But one of being one of those sides that aren't in relegation trouble, but you know, sort of sat in the middle of the pack, if someone was to come in for a player, and perhaps were you know they're pushing for for playoffs themselves, do you think there could be anyone leaving? Well, Brentford's policy is every player has their price. Mm. If a club came in and offered them the club's valuation, they would accept it. That is how Brentford have worked. That's how they've proven themselves to work over the past past few years is pretty much any player is available for transfer per se, but only if they meet the club's asking price. That That's the difference. And if someone came in for Ryan Woods and offered six, six, seven, eight million, the club may well accept it. But if they only came in and offered 1.5, the club wouldn't accept it. They're not going to be taken advantage of in the transfer window. So I could see it potentially a player would leave, but the only players I could realistically see leaving would be someone like Lasavibe who's in the last six months of his contract and JSBL in the last six months of his contract. And that would be more cashing in rather mm. than rather than uh, selling a player is if they don't fit and the thing is those two players Vibe is going to be thirty one next year, Bjelland's going to be thirty from their perspective, they've got potentially one contract where they can get a bit of security because I don't, I can't see Brentford offering them any anything more than a year, maybe with a year's option tacked on, is they won't really want to offer a longer-term contract to a player that's closer to the end of their career than uh, than the beginning. So uh, I could see it in that in that regard. Those two could potentially leave, but they've also got the chance to play in the World Cup. So from their perspective, they may well want to uh, stay, become a free agent if they can impress in the World Cup. We we saw what how Robson Carno did in a couple of years ago in the after the Euros. He was actually yeah. released by Reading, who'd had a pretty mediocre season. Now yeah. he's at West Brom on the back of the Euros. So it happens every tournament. So uh, wouldn't surprise me in that regard. Do you think that there's anyone that's you know irreplaceable within that Brentford squad that you would say no, they really can't afford to lose him? I wouldn't say any player is irreplaceable. I mean, over over the past few years, Andre Gray's left. You could argue he was irreplaceable given the goals he scored. They still scored just as many goals the following year. You could look at say Scott Hogan when he left, given all the goals he scored in the first half of last season. Lasavibe stepped up in the second half of the season. Yeah. Hotter came back. Do do Brentford really miss Hotter? Not necessarily. I mean, when you look at where Birmingham are on the table, is three players left Brentford to go to Birmingham. Birmingham are bottom of the league uh, and uh, could well and will probably be in the relegation zone come Christmas Day. So mm. I don't think any player is irreplaceable. I think Brentford, the way they work, is they would go if. 
Dan Bentley was to leave, this is who we're going to sign. They would pretty much have their replacements lined up hmm. in preparation for for a player leaving. So uh, I don't think any player is irreplaceable. There are some very good players. Don't get me wrong, but irreplaceable. I think is you probably only sort of reserve that one for someone like Ronaldo, and Messi. I think hmm. uh, Brentford can find players that can. Uh, recreate, say, the aggregate of what they brought to, to the table with what they've either got in the squad or bringing someone in. So do you think in January it might be a case of more a reactive policy rather than a proactive policy in terms of, you know, if, if someone was to go, they would bring someone in rather than going out and spending big to get players this, this month? I, I would say it would be certainly more reactive. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, 2016, James Tarkowski left, Timani Diagaraga left, nobody came in mm. and they decided right the likelihood is the club aren't going up the club aren't going down and the, the way i saw it was they pretty much decided let's save the money and use that in the summer when mm. when we can maybe get a player to come in with more ease rather than spending the money and they signed three players on Three transfers, although a couple had to go to tribunal, and Dan Bentley, John Egan, and Romain Sawyers. Sawyers was a free transfer, and that they were able to plan ahead in that regard. So, I would say, when you look at it in that in that sense, that uh, they could do that again, or much like when Scott Hogan left, they brought in Sergi Canos. And the thing is, is sometimes, and I think we certainly saw it in the summer window. Is Scott Hogan may have left, but Sergi Canos was coming back to the club and he's such a popular player that the fans, especially with a 3-0 win over Aston Villa on that same night, is the fans pretty much had forgotten about Scott Hogan leaving. They were just happy to see Sergi Canos back, 3-0 win over Villa. But, but then when you fast forward to the, to the summer and three players leave on the same day is that fans were very unhappy, whereas... It, it can all depend on the context of the transfer window. If a player leaves early and someone comes in on the last day, mm. it can perk you up. But uh, it's not... I don't think the January transfer window is going to be that exciting from a Brentford perspective. Do you think that the next couple of weeks could have a bearing on it, though? Because, I mean, you know, Brentford have got some tough games coming up over the Christmas period. If if they were to have a good run, then all of a sudden you might say, oh, the playoffs could still be a possibility. But if they have a bad run... You know, they could be dragged a little bit further down the table. I think um, certainly when you look at the sort of festive period, as it, as it were, obviously Norwich away Friday night. I remember going to Carrow Road last year and for an absolutely dreadful performance from them, losing 5-0 there. It was poor from start to finish. They were second best and uh, it was the worst performance I've seen from a Brentford side in a long, long time. Then obviously you've got Aston Villa at home, they seem to have picked up a mm. decent head of steam recently. However, they've not exactly impressed against Brentford. Obviously, touch, touching wood as I speak there is certainly Brentford have drawn twice at Villa Park and one at Griffin Park last season. Is Brentford certainly have the capabilities to, uh, to hurt Aston Villa. Then you've got Sheffield Wednesday who have not really impressed this season in, in comparison to last season. I mean, I remember the contrasting trips to uh, Hillsborough this year. I think the one in February, March time, 
Brentford got battered in the second half, and it was it was the alibi for for the last like twenty minutes as they just threw the kitchen sink, the toilet, the mm-hmm. bedroom, and pretty much the whole house at, at Brentford, and uh, they managed to hold on to take a two-one win. I think it aged a lot of the players dramatically, and then obviously this year they Brentford played pretty well, but conceded at the wrong times to uh, end up going away with a with a defeat. So uh, certainly Sheffield Wednesday would could be seen as a, a game that's winnable, and then riding off the festive uh, period with a trip to Wolves on uh, the second of January. I think uh, I think uh, most Brentford fans would take a point now. For me, Wolves. Probably with the most impressive side I've seen so far this season, and I've, the only Championship team I've not seen as Hull, and that that that's live. I saw Norwich in the uh, Carabao Cup, and they they looked a decent side as well. So, uh, but to me, I think Wolves were the best side I, I've seen so far this season. They looked so defensively solid, and they were pretty much the only side I I think that went 90 minutes without really being in trouble from Brentford going forward. Mm. So I think. Um, that that's a very tough game, and if you offered uh, the club a nil-nil now, they probably would take that. But I think if they say draw your away games, win your home games, I think uh, a return of eight points would be a a good Christmas. Any anything more than that, and I think uh, you could be a bit more optimistic going into the year because obviously then you've got the FA Cup, and that's always nice to look forward to as well. You get a bit of a bit of a break, and then you you can look, you can reassess after those next four games and. Those four games are, are pretty juicy. Norwich obviously up first before you know the last one now before Christmas, isn't it? And do you think that you know Norwich are just below Brentford on the end of the table, so it is a chance for for Brentford to go and pick up some points. It, it certainly is. I mean, uh, obviously the trip to uh, Carrow Road last last year was a uh, very very poor. I think Norwich lost five on the on the spin or something, and then uh, I think Alex Pritchard was given sort of a, a lead role, and he just ran the show because he's such a class player. But I, th- I think um, when when you look at a trip to uh, Cow Road, I think uh, I think one thing we have to say is a fair play to Norwich for making it very good prices, and well done to Brentford for laying on free coach travel at this time of year. To essentially, if you're an adult living in Brentford, to go to Norwich and back for ten pounds in total ticket and travel, I think is excellent. So I think. Both sides deserve both clubs deserve credit for the uh, financial offers that they've uh, laid on to the supporters. So that that will certainly help. I think uh, a Friday night in Norwich is certainly not one that uh, many Brentford fans would look forward to. I think uh, obviously it's the weekend before Christmas. If you want to stay overnight, the uh, there's engineering works on the uh, trains back to London. So uh, if anyone wants to give offer me a lift home on a Saturday morning, then. And please do get in touch, it would be much appreciated. But clearly Norwich, they've not yet hit the heights under uh, Mr Farker. Um, but I'd almost look at them maybe as, say, Huddersfield and Fragman's first season. I think they weren't is they weren't that great in that, that first season. I think uh, Brentford beat them 5-1 on the last day of the uh, 2015-16 season. Obviously, last year they get promoted to the Premier League and now uh, now doing a decent job in, in the top flight. So, uh, is it could be that Norwich are in that sort of rebuilding phase at the moment and they're, and they're looking to get the, uh, the right blend. So, uh, it will certainly be a tough game, I think, for Brentford. And uh, 
one letter. They'd certainly be pleased with the point, but going in to get all three. Hopefully there'll be some festive cheer for them down up at Carrow Road. Uh, as we said, Tom will be there and uh, he'll be covering the game for our, our website, getwestlondon.co.uk. So all the uh, all the report and uh, reaction from the game will be on there. And we'll be back after Christmas with our next Eating Road Buzz. Merry Christmas to everyone.